this is Alex Taylor from Alex Taylor Racing, and you are listening to the Builder Sessions. Welcome to the Builder Sessions, a podcast where we chat with your favorite builders. We get to know them, their stories, and hopefully inspire you to get off the couch and build something cool. I'm Hoff. And I'm Rosie. And on this episode, we have Alex Taylor from Alex Taylor Racing. We talk about what it's like to have racing in your blood, being authentic in all things, and the importance of taking your time to develop your skill sets and knowledge base. Please enjoy our interview with Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you on. We've, I've been I've been a fan, not for a super long time, but probably for the past year, um, following awesome. you on Instagram and on, on YouTube and stuff. And um, But for those of our listeners who aren't, who don't have a clue who you are, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So um, first of all, thank you. But my name is Alex Taylor. I am from Arkansas, 24 years old, and uh, I kind of grew up in the automotive industry. My dad used to build show cars and mainly like fiberglass 41 wheelies, 33 wheelies, you know, came from that side production stuff and um, not not a real drag racing background. But when I was um, 15, I mean, I grew up in the shop, like I said, so like it's kind of that whole like in your blood that deal. It's true. But um, when I was 14, we decided to build my first car that was supposed to just be a daily driver to high school, which happened to be what was my mom's 68 Camaro. Um, I named it Bad Marrow. And I ended up, um, we built it to drag race and do drag Hot Rod Magazine's Drag Week with it when I was 16. And um, from there, it literally snowballed from that car. It ended up being an 850, um, you know, eight and a half second car sitting in the high school parking lot. And <laughs> I, I, went to, I went to college for, for marketing and knew when I went in that I didn't want to go um, you know, to work for somebody else, but I wanted to work on building my own brand, which at the time, and it still is, is Alex Taylor racing. And so, um, I am full-time racing and, and traveling and doing things with automotive stuff right now. And whether it be on camera work or building in the shop with my dad or racing, you know, different vehicles, like that's, that's it. And so I'm kind of getting to live my dream right now and I'm thankful for it. Seriously. So, Okay. We both, Corey and I both work in high schools, so I'm a welding fab teacher and Corey's a wood, a wood shop teacher. Yeah. And we know that um, the parking lot, all the nice vehicles <laughs> in the parking lot do not belong to teachers. No, it's students. <laughs> it's students. So when you rolled up in that Camaro and, you know, there, there's probably some, there's always a contingent of, of your peers that are, are the gearheads. Uh, when you rolled up with that thing, what was, what did, how many heads did you turn? Were there, was you there know, pressure to do a big burnout? Like, tell, what was that like? <laughs> you'd, you'd be so surprised. So when I first, we first built it, it was just a naturally aspirated like LS car and, you know, nothing just super crazy, but it was still a really nice looking car, bright orange. Um, I went to a small, like I lived in a small town and we have less than 4,000 people. It's a sports town football that's all they cared about and so that car to them was like a toyota camry sitting in the parking lot you would like everybody always thinks that it would just be like it would be like ah and to them they're like 
what is that and why like why 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 what is the purpose of it kind of deal and so it really didn't have the reaction or anything that you would think like I literally used to live a double life of traveling and racing and people liking cars and then coming home and then no one having any idea what was going on or you know what it was or so it's it kind of weird actually it's a score in the football game instead of hey look at that car <laughs> on the road <laughs> exactly <laughs> seriously That's right? it. yeah <laughs> All right. So, so by the sounds of things, like you said, this racing and building was in your blood, but do you have like a, a distinct like memory or like someone specifically that like inspired you to, to go this route? Because there are a lot, like truth be told, there are a lot of kids who have this type of stuff in their blood, whatever it might be, whether it's racing yeah. or construction and, or, and they choose to go the complete opposite route. So what made you or who inspired you to go that route? So there's a couple, I'm going to give three people because it kind of gives a couple different series in my life. But uh, with, to your point, first of all, my sister is two years younger than me and we were both raised in the same same shop, same setting. Um, We spent the same amount of time at the shop. And while she likes to be around what we do, she's not involved in it to you know the same extent at all so that's you know that's very true people even if they are in it they don't Mm. necessarily choose to take take that and you know she she works with me she's does my photography and graphic design but that's her thing and the cars aren't so it's fine um but you're very right with that said and uh, i i would say like specific people and then maybe a specific point but um it's always been my dad when I was younger I didn't realize my dad is a walking genius and I know everybody says that about their dad but there's not a question that I can't ask like I can ask him and he won't have an answer to and he might say at first like I don't know and then he'll come back an hour later and he's got an answer and I've never gone without that knowledge source like when I was younger that's how it always was like Mm -hmm. he was he's an incredible teacher and I would be out in the shop and I'd follow him around. You know, I'd follow his employees around. I'd follow whoever around that would like let me follow them basically. And I'd be like, what job can I do? You know, and it made me sticking a washer on a bolt. And that like made me think that I was really just doing something at four years old, you know, but I felt like I was helping. Um, and so I just follow around, but I'd always slow my dad down because I'd ask him questions. And it could be about anything, you know, it could be about engines and transmissions. It could be about fiberglass. It could be about how that bandsaw works. You know, I just wanted to know, I was hungry for knowledge, hungry for understanding. And I, I don't like, I, I do drive now, but I love the mechanical side as well. And I loved being involved in that. And so him, te- like being a teacher, I remember, for example, like I was sitting and sitting out in the shop one day and he said something about circumference or pi or something and so we would just sit down on the floor he'd take a sharpie and he'd have a math lesson with me in the floor how to figure volume you know and all this and so he was my biggest inspiration and he still is and I would say just because like he he taught me so much that it kept me wanting to learn and grow and uh it was one of those things like I took it for granted up until you know just a couple years ago because I thought everybody's dad was like that like I thought everybody's dad had this much knowledge you know and so people are like oh you take it for granted and it's not because I wasn't appreciative it's just because I didn't understand like that was my normal that was your world Um, view yeah it was and so that was that was that was normal and so it took me a while to realize that's not normal and being in the shop and cars 24 7 is not the normal thing but that's my that's my world um and then when I got older as we were building my car, um, well, actually, let me back up just a little bit. A point, another point that was specific was 
they traded one of the cars that they had built for the 2007 dragway winning car, which was a very important car um, in that world at the time, in the drag and drive world. And I fell in love with the car. They sold it. It broke my heart. And so that's when we built my 68 Camaro when I was 15, 14, 15. Um, and it was my copy of it. They were not alike at all, but to me it was. Yeah. And so as we were building that car, there was, we were in nostalgia racing a little bit, like old school drag racing with the old school people that, you know, grew up or they created the sport basically. And there was a lady named Barbara Hamilton and she was one of the first, she was the first female to have her license, her NHRA license. But the cool part about it was she built the car that she raced Mm. and her and her like girlfriend built this car. And I remember talking to her when I went to one of the races and she was like, if there's one thing I can tell you, it's to not just like, don't ever just be a driver, be a builder, like be, know your stuff, be involved, be hands-on. And I emailed her back and forth for a couple of years. It was just, it was super neat. And then um, I'd say just in the big picture, when anybody ever asked me, they're like, what did you want to do? Cause everybody wants to like pinpoint, like you have to pick one thing. I'm like, no, you don't. Like I pick 10 different routes. I'm like, I want to take every opportunity that's there. Um, and, and that would be Jesse Combs just because like it was, you know, she did everything. And so I, I just love that. So those are my three, I would say. That's awesome. Did you, did you say your dad was a teacher? Did I catch that? He's not a true like teacher, or, but, he, but, but he taught you just yeah, yeah. by nature. He just has a very, he's naturally a teacher. So okay. that must be really cool to be involved <laughs> in the building. Like there's, like you said, there's building, there's also racing, but to be a builder of your own car, yeah. you're going to know your car inside and out. And if something happens, you don't have to go back to the pits or to your crew and say, Hey, what's going on? You kind of, you, you get to know your car and kind of get that Absolutely. feeling with it. What, what was yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, what was that like with uh, going down that track the first time? <laughs> so funny enough, um, my first time down the track was the, the car that we built, the 68 Camaro. And I had just turned 16, like a couple weeks before I turned 16 in July 14th. And um, the first week of August, I think it was, we had finished the car rented a little local track that's close to us and um keep in mind like three weeks after this my dad was about to drop us off in Bowling Green Kentucky me and my mom to go on a week-long race in a brand new car with somebody who had just got her license and knew the car but also was only 16 so how much experience can you have so not only was this first track time a lot of pressure for learning the car but it's a lot of pressure of like learning how to use the car and and get the car you know manipulate it to run the times that you want it to basically and so the first time down the track you know i had to learn to do a burnout and i had to you know stage and all that and so there was all the nerves of that um and then it's just it was it's just a super it was a neat moment just because it's something you know that i had waited for and looked forward to and my license and everything was like that was the thing that i looked forward to the most was turning 16 getting my license and going to the track so it was really that's cool. So you didn't dabble in any like uh, junior dragster stuff or anything like that before? Straight to a door car at oh, 16. Nice. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So you've like, yeah. this is, I feel like I, I, I haven't been following you for probably longer than a year, like I said, but even in that time, you talk about your brand and you talk about like the growth of that. Like, I feel like you're blowing up. Like I see like your YouTube channel is successful. You're, you're in motor, like the Hoopty world championship. You did that with the motor trend guys. And yeah. like, what has that been like for you? Like, what has that transition from, well, this, like you said before, like this is just my normal, but now it's to the rest of the world. It's not. And then you have this huge following. What has that transition been like? <laughs> 
So it's one of those things that since I was 16 and I went on my first drag week, I, I didn't know, like at the time, that was 2013, social media was there, but it wasn't giant. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't what it is now. And all I wanted to do when I went out was go fast. Like that was it. I just wanted to make a fast pass, but I was posting on a forum called Bank Shift where everybody that went on this event, they would post and write stories, um, you know, and whatever. And so I started out posting on there because I wanted to know the people that I was going to be racing with. And that was purely the only reason I didn't even start it with the intent of having a social media presence. Mm. And I remember the first time when I was 16 and I showed up to an event and they're like, you're the girl with the Camaro. And I'm like, yeah, but like, how do you know? And why do you care? Um, also, so, that's like, creepy. How, how, how the hell do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but like from there, like it grew for the, for, you know, years. Um, and about three years ago is when I really started to be like, okay, I want to make this some, like, I have to figure out how I can keep racing. So, and I want to step it up. So like, how do I fund that? You know? Mm. And so that's where I really started shifting to a focus of what does it take, you know, the business side to do that from. And, uh, so I started my YouTube channel and it was a slow growth. I've always been a believer of slow growth. Like I'm not going to go do a, you know, a stunt that could gain me some really quick followers um just because like that's not me and that's not why I'm doing what I'm doing I just I love cars and I love the industry and I you know I love that side of it so that's that's my reasoning and so um I say that to say that's all been slow but within the last year stuff did just go haywire you know really quick stuff snowballed and it started when we built the 55 and the 55 is like literally the most life-changing thing that I think we could have done. And I just, I love that car so much, but we started that car in last January just because I was ready to step up. Like it was time to do something different. I wanted to go faster. I didn't want to cut up my 68 Camaro and that's the reason we started it. But I want to back up real quick because when I graduated college, I gave myself one year um, to take on like car stuff full time, whatever it may look like, whether it be in front of a camera or, you know, whatever, whatever that may look like. I gave myself a year, which was 2020. So it's pandemic. So it was weird. I gave myself longer than a year, but, um, I told myself if that didn't work out, I'd go to law school, skip that. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do <laughs> that. I didn't want to do that. Spoiler alert. I took yeah. my LSATs, you know, whatever. But anyway, so back, back to what I was saying, when we built the 55 and we did the YouTube series with it and, and things like that, it just opened up so many doors. Um, it opened up doors for my driving. It allowed me to progress there. It was the first car that me and my dad built 100% from the ground up. Like we took, you know, a rotting away 55 Chevy and built it in four months. And so that's why that car is so special, not only because it's life-changing in the sense of the opportunities it opened up, but it's life-changing in the sense of like it, it's the first project that my dad and I like 100%, like we talked every single day about what detail, like, how do we want this to look? What do we want that to look like? How do we do this? Like, how do we want the cage laid out? You know? And like, so that is just a really, it's a monumental car for me and it's a monumental era this past year has been. And I'm just, you know, I'm thankful they get to have the opportunities I do, but it's changed a lot in a year. Yeah. Now you, you take that thing to the drag and drive events. Cause I saw some pictures on Instagram with the trailer and the slicks that, that looks, that yeah. seems so cool to be able to drive your car, throw your slicks on and go racing. Man, it's so fun. Like to do it and like go 200, you know, in it and then go back out and cruise it on the street yeah. at, you know, 30 miles an hour with your friends and pull up and get a burger or something yeah. like that's cool. That's <laughs> awesome. and you have to shut it off when you get up to the, when you get up to the drive through. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. So speaking of 200, we just saw on your Instagram, you just did 3.8. Yeah. That's insane. (laughs) What, what is that like? Like, do you even, do you even remember? Like you blink, literally you blink. (laughs) It's the most wild, insane feeling I've ever felt. So let's five weeks ago, I guess it was when I was, it was in March. I, um, took my 55 Chevy and I ran 200 in the quarter for the first time. So that's 200 miles an hour in like 7.06 seconds. <laughs> but then crazy. follow that up with this past week, it was 209 miles an hour in three point like eight, two seconds or something yeah. like that. And we like, I launched, I let go of the button and time slows down. So like the three seconds, it seems like it happened like that, but you have time to like kind of process stuff. But it's just, it was wild. Like I was like, it throws you back in your seat and then you're just, you're along for the ride and your brain is working so fast. And at the end of it, you're just like, oh my gosh, like that was insane. Like that was cool. And uh, it's addicting. That's, that's oh, what it yeah. is. It's very addicting. It's like, it's, I could just imagine the like endorphin <laughs> rush you get from that. Do you enjoy yeah, the, three point. do you enjoy the build? Um, like the building process up to getting in there? Like, do you enjoy the whole process or is there a, kind of a favorite part of build to getting it on the track and racing or do you do you just like the whole process man it's that's a different it's a that's a different question like it depends so when we were building the car the 55 originally because the the bumblebee the yellow car i we didn't build i just drove that that's the first car i've ever just driven but when we were building the 55 um i learned so much skill wise during the process of that car and learned what I liked and what I didn't like and things like that. And um, it was, it was interesting because like every day was different. And so stuff that I really enjoy is like, I like fabrication. I'm not by any means like the best at it because I don't have those years of experience under me, but like, I loved building the chassis on the car. I love the design of it. I love, you know, reading through the rules and the books and like, where bars need to go like i love that and um that's a lot of fun to me and welding and and things like that anything to do with metal i like um something i ended up doing a lot of that i don't necessarily care for is wiring like (laughs) i did i wired the car for like i feel like three weeks straight like it was three weeks straight it was just every day you know there's so many things in the car in those cars that are just it's so many electronics and everything has to be right and i don't know it just I like being able to touch areas of all of it. So it's not like we have to send the car out for this at this shop and send it there for that shop. We do everything in our shop. And so um, I think I'm still learning to answer that question. I'm still learning what my favorite part is, but I enjoy the learning. And so that's probably the part of the build that I like most is, is the learning. Or doing your skill sets and build. It sounds like yeah. creating those memories with your dad too and all those builds, right? Like that's yeah. pretty cool to, to be able to mm-hmm. build a vehicle from start to finish with with your father for and sure for build sure those memories oh yeah and you'll never get rid of those cars either like those are no i'm sure that those are going to be passed down and passed down and passed down and stuff. oh absolutely and like one of the coolest things is like when we built my 68 camaro i don't remember that so much just because i was 16 and you know that's what nine years ago now and it's like oh at the time you think you'll never forget the stuff you know mm-hmm. but you do and so with the 55 is exactly the same. It's like, how could I forget this? And at this point, there's so much I don't remember, but it's so neat because that entire build start to finish is, is vlogged and recorded yeah. 
on the YouTube channel. And so I think that is just, I am so thankful I did that. Like that is so cool because now I can go back and I can look at it and one day be like, oh my gosh, like that's how that happened. And I, I have that visual reference. So it's pretty neat. So speaking of these builds and different things um, and working on these cars, um, advice for someone who wants to get started in this area, what advice do you have? I would say um, something I always say is like, one, first of all, just get started because I am a perfectionist and that's, that holds me back a lot um, just because I want stuff to be done right. But the main thing is, is just getting started and getting in there. But then two, something else that people pick is that they want stuff to happen really fast because like now you don't see people's background and like what led them there. And for mm -hmm. example, like you see, look in the past year, it looks like everything I've done has just happened overnight basically but you don't realize that there's you know a lot of people don't see that there was years and years and years of progression and so i always try to tell people like don't let that discourage you um because it's you know and also don't go in thinking that you're owed something by anybody like yeah. you have to prove yourself i had somebody tell me once one of my close friends actually he said i just want to be respected alex and i was like well what do you mean and he was like i want to be respected and i'm like well, what do you want to be respected for and he's like I don't know. I just want to be respected. I'm like, until you can answer what you want to be respected for, no one else can respect you for that. Like you have to find that out and find your passion and then you can be respected, but you have to figure that out. And so that sounds so simple. Like you should just know that, but it's not. And I think it's, you just have to, you have to understand that you got to build your way into it and uh, never be afraid to take different opportunities. Cause like something that I've always focused on is if the opportunity is there, I'm going to take it. It may not look like it lines directly in the path that I eventually want to be at. But to be honest, I don't know where I want to be at. Mm. And if the opportunity is there, I want to take it. So I, I encourage people not to be too like laser focused on if it's not this, then it's not right. Because that step may take you over here, which may take you over there, which may end up taking you to that step eventually. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I, I respect that so much because I think even even teaching high school like you have kids and and i think social media ha has a little bit is a little bit to blame for this i don't want to sound old and crotchety but um but <laughs> you know is. what i mean like like it's all instant right they see mm -hmm. if someone logs in and and goes like on instagram or something and sees all they see is your follower count and how many likes you're getting and then oh this person must have made it and i'm sure you're probably getting a lot of people coming up to you and be like how do i do what you do you know like but you have been doing this for so long and, and that's the side of things that people don't like the work side of things. But one yeah. thing I wanted to ask you about, um, in regards to all that, um, putting in the work, but also in a predominantly like male dominated sport, um, being, being a, like a, like a pioneer for females in this sport essentially. Right. And, and there's, there's mm -hmm. more people coming up, but like, how has that experience been for you? And, um, uh, and now that yeah. there's more, right. But like, what was that like? Um, it, you know, it's interesting because uh, that's a common question and it's something that up until like probably the last year I had no answer for it because to me, I was always like, well, I, nobody sees it different, you know, cause I didn't see it different. Yeah. My dad, all, like I never looked at it like, you know, Oh, I'm a girl kind of deal. Cause my dad treats me like I'm a son you know, and it's just, if I can do it, you know, if they can do it, I can do it kind of deal. Of and so what used to hinder me more was my age, like mm. just getting a little bit older. Um, but as I've gotten older and like dug deeper into it, I see that there are still some areas where, you know, 
being more so for me is like being a female role model in the sense of like, and I hate to say this, but like, I, you'll never see me like, um, you know, there's a lot of quick ways to the top. I could post stuff a lot differently than yeah. I do, but yep. like, I have a lot of respect for myself and uh, I won't do stuff like that. And so it's just like showing girls, you know, and young boys, just mainly the youth that like, if you're passionate about something, like passion is what drives everything. And so girl or boy, like if you have a true love for what you're doing and uh, you do it the, you know, the right way, not that there is just a right way, but yeah. like if you do it where you're letting your passion show through, I think then, you know, that's where it'll carry you. And um, it's been really neat to see girls and, and, and boys alike and, you know, young and old come up to me and tell me that, you know, I got my first project car because I watched what you do. And that's just, you know, that inspired me. And when somebody tells you that you're an inspiration and you realize you've had some impact, you know, to some extent on their life, like that is just, that's the coolest thing. Or dads come up and say that, you know, I want my daughter to be like you, like that's, that's where you realize like, oh man, like, I owe a lot of people a lot of things and I have like, I owe it to them to do good, to continue doing good. And so like, it's just, it's, I, it's one of the neatest things. Well, as a, as a father of a daughter, um, I want to say that I do respect and appreciate that about you. And not only the part that you mentioned, but also like the hard work and the authenticity because all that other stuff falls away and that, and you're going to, and you can be consistent with that authenticity and people see through that stuff too. Right? They and they see that you're genuine. They see that you're authentic. That's what connects with people, right? Right. It's oh, really cool. Are you guys still there? There you are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gave me a message. I thought I lost you. So, <laughs> so what's yeah. a couple last couple questions here, and then we'll let you go. Um, what skill sets do you think are the most important to develop when you when someone wants to get into this area? Um, just in general, as far as like as far as building. Yeah, as far as building, fabricating. Um, everything you're involved with really if someone wanted to do what you do what do you think the skill sets um, they should have i'm going to keep it broad because i think that that changes based on it's very specific you know like depending on what trade you go in or how you approach yeah. driving like that's also different um but i would say one thing to to stay to remember and this sounds so dumb but it's what comes to my head at the top the very first thing is um learning your basics like some people just like run before they can walk and like you know you're you don't look past like something my dad always tells me is like he could do anything with like a bandsaw and a grinder you know like basic tools where everybody else has you know you know you get in the mindset of i don't have a cnc so i can't build that yeah but you have like know your tools and know the stuff that you're working with and know that there are tools out there so i would say one of your best skills you could do is be knowledge hungry because then you can carry that over to anything. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, like you could say, Oh yeah. Welding for the purpose of this or this for that. But I would say like knowing your basics, like know how to use your basic tools and then how to find the information to use your, to go from there. Which sounds very broad, but that's just, I mean, people forget that. Well, so it's, it. this is a common theme. We've, we, we've did, we did one more interview earlier today and that was a common theme too. So you're, yeah. Even learning how to read a tape measure. Properly, <laughs> right? Some things we take for granted sometimes. They do, yeah. People don't know that kind of stuff. It, it's surprising. Like it gets passed by and you know, it's like, no, that stuff is, you can't build, build until you know your basics. And yeah. I, every day, 
so frustrating because I like I compare myself to my dad a lot but you know I'm like oh no I, I don't know what I'm doing because the more I learn the more I realize I don't know and it's just like this perpetual cycle of like oh my gosh like I've got a to-do list of learning here and so it's it's cool but yeah so speaking of tools, uh, top three tools for starting out in oh, man. building or <laughs> metal fab or vehicle building. Okay. So top three, I'm going to copy what my dad said. I love a good bandsaw. I've used that since I was young, just like I, when I was eight or nine, I had a little mini bandsaw because yeah. I wanted to like build different like wood pieces and stuff like that. So I like that um, sander. I love a belt sander just because you can refine so much there. And then um, let's see, I love a good, one of my favorite basic hand tools is a good ratchet. I know that's yeah. weird, but I just love, like there's differences and I love a set of ratchets. And so I'd say that's my favorite hand tool. So yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, Alex, <laughs> we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule today to come talk to us on the Builder Sessions. And before you go, um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and what you have going on to promote to them? Yeah. So, um, on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Alex Taylor racing. And then on YouTube, you can find me at riding with Alex Taylor. So, um, on YouTube, which I'm a little bit delayed in getting some stuff out right now, but there's a lot more long form content, a lot more in depth details. Uh, me and my dad talk back and forth a lot about like the learning and the actual like building side, the process. Oh, that and sounds stuff. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other stuff, it's a lot more short form update stuff. So you can check it out over there and we got a full season of racing and lots of projects planned and some cool stuff coming up. Awesome. Sounds exciting. So big thanks to Alex Taylor for coming on the show. Big thanks to you for listening and uh, for all episodes, show notes and social media links for Alex and for the Builder Sessions podcast. Um, look down there in the show notes. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, guys.